When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next time you're shopping for mountain bike gear, check out singletracks.com slash deals. Each week, we share our favorite product picks and exclusive coupon codes from our partners. You can also use the page to search for whatever you're buying, from complete mountain bikes to brake sets and tire sealant. That's singletracks.com slash deals. And to get our weekly picks delivered to your inbox, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Links to the newsletter and deals page are in the show notes. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today we're going to be sharing an interview that Matt Miller did with professional free rider Hannah Bergeman. Hannah lives in Bellingham, Washington, and grew up in the Pacific Northwest. She races enduro and free ride and is starring in the new Teton Gravity research film, Accomplice. Matt talked with her about how she got started mountain biking, how she got into racing and free riding women in mountain biking, and what it was like filming her segment for Accomplice, which is debuting as a drive-in movie theater tour across the U.S. in July. We hope you enjoy the conversation. So you interviewed with Jarreau, our other writer, last, I think it was last year, um, and you mentioned you were going to be racing the Trans VC with your dad, so... I wanted to see if you could give us a recap. Yeah, totally. That was was almost an entire year ago. I think that was last July. We did the trans BC together and that was definitely the biggest race that either of us had done. Uh, it was like a six day enduro stage race and it was, it was amazing. We had so much fun. Got to see a bunch of new towns and trails and locations that we wouldn't otherwise have gotten to ride at and the terrain and the, like the trails that Megan had selected for the race were incredible um variety of stuff like so one of the days we did a huge kind of free ride like scree uh zone we're out in uh where was that one um in vermeer at panorama um and then another day we're like riding single track trail deep in the woods so there was kind of a huge like a pretty good variety of stuff and all was really cool um and really big days on the bike where are all the stages at? They kind of it varies. Like we were in, let's see, we started in Panorama, and then we were had some some of the stages were in the bike park at the resort, and then some of them were out um, of the bike park in the town, and then we went to Kimberly, Fernie, and um, one day we were in Alberta actually, which I can't remember what the name Crow, Crow's Nest was the name of the. So. so it's like a lot of interior BC. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that race varies depending on the year. Like sometimes they do it more, um, on the West coast, just each year is different. Did you and your dad train together for that? Uh, yeah, you could say that we kind of both did a few like local races in preparation, like the Cascadia dirt cup. And he lives down South and Hood River and I'm up in Bellingham. So we don't necessarily get to ride together a whole lot, but the racing is something that we can travel to together. And yes, that's kind of why we wanted to do that that trans BC so we could get a whole week of riding in together. Yeah, totally. Does your dad race a lot? Uh, he, he does a lot of the local stuff. Um, I wouldn't say a lot, but he maybe six races a year or something, kind of just depending on what, what's happening each year. It's like last year we did quite a bit. And this year we had plans to do some more racing, but um, I'm going to have to put some of that on hold. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, how does it work? Like, are you, are you both like riding the transfers together and just defending? It kind of just depends on the race. Like sometimes we'll get to ride transfers together and then other times we'll kind of just end up doing our own thing. But we usually go like we'll camp together at the venue and then pre-ride the course together. And then sometimes during race day, we'll get to hang out quite a bit. Nice. <clears throat> Did you pre-ride the whole course, like all six days? Uh, the Trace is blind, actually. So that race was really cool because it's fully blind racing. You just can, it's pretty loose format. Like you just get a timing chip, you, ch- you 
chip in, chip out at each stage. And you can, you can ride with somebody the whole time if you want, which is what we mostly did. Um, including in the stages. So like you transfer together and then he just kind of would chase me down the trail. Like I would tag in and then start pedaling and he would just tag in right behind me and just kind of like try and chase me as long as he could. Um, so that was really cool. Not, yeah, not a whole lot of races get, you can do that <clears throat> style of, of racing. Huh? So like they don't release the stages until like the day of. Yeah, exactly. Or like maybe the day before they'll like tell you what, what you'll be doing. So you kind of can c- prepare food and water wise and like have an idea for how many miles and elevation and all that. But you don't um, like know what you're racing until you're like, in the in the run. Pretty much. You just kind of figure it out as you go. Very enduro. It's cool. It's super fun because it kind of takes the stress out of uh, pre-riding and memorizing lines and stuff. You just like make tons of mistakes and it's more fun that way. Yeah, you just ride it, and you're not, like, getting anxious in your head about what's next. You just ride and find out. Yeah, just figure it out as you go. It's pretty cool. So are you and your family from uh, Hood River, Oregon? Oh, that's where I grew up mostly. My folks uh, moved from the Midwest um, to Hood River Hood River area. Um, or I guess they moved to Portland and then to Hood River, like, 2007 or something. And then, so I was about nine years old. So I mostly grew up in Hood River. Okay. When did you start riding? I was kind of always interested in bikes. And then we have a, like Post Canyon was pretty close to my house growing up. Um, but I was really into skiing all throughout middle school and high school. And then kind of at the end of high school, I'd say like when I was a junior and senior, I started getting more interested in bikes. And my dad gave me his old bike, like a hand-me-down bike. Um, so that we could ride together when I, I think it was like summer after my junior year of high school. And then we did decided to do a race together that year. I think this is in Jero's interview with you, but so is it 2012 that you started mountain biking? It's like an Ellsworth moment, right? Yeah, that's, uh, the, the bike was a 2012 Ellsworth moment, but I didn't start riding. I would say until like 2014. Oh really? Okay. 2015. Yeah. That was when I got the bike was like, 20, I think that was the summer of 2014. Okay. And like, how'd you get caught up in mountain biking and how'd you progress so quickly? Uh, my dad, I just got into it for my dad. Like he was kind of getting into it and he had recently purchased a new bike, which is why I got the hand-me-down bike. And then I kind of saw it as a, a way for us to hang uh, spend time together. And then when uh, I spent about a year riding around Hood River and then when I grad- was looking into going to college, I saw that Bellingham was a cool location for mountain biking as well as skiing, which I was still really into at the time also. So I was like, oh, that's sweet. I would want to go somewhere I could do both. And um, kind of when I moved up to Bellingham in 2015 is when I made a few friends at the bike shop and kind of just started hanging out and riding with them and just got really into it. So you got with the right friends and then just riding with like the right type of people. You're just, you're pushing yourself and getting out there and just riding a lot and progressing. Totally. The community up here is, um, is the biking community is pretty special. Like there is a lot of really talented and really passionate riders and trail builders. And so kind of just immersing myself in that scene helped me progress really fast. Yeah. It's like a huge scene in Bellingham now, right? I mean, there's a big industry presence and everything. Yeah, definitely. And we're pretty close to Canada too. So like getting to go up there, um, really often was, was pretty special too. It was it overwhelming moving from Oregon to Bellingham, like in terms of like the mountain bike scene or does Hood River kind of match that? The, the scene is definitely bigger up here in Bellingham, but I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. Uh, I think it's just exciting. Like just having access to way more trails and yeah, I would, it was just, I was immediately pretty stoked and I'm glad that I chose to move up here. Which bike shop were you working at? Kona Bike Shop. Okay. Is that like attached to their their factory? Uh, it's like a separate location. It's like in town and they have like a bike shop and a showroom. Okay. And so you were with Kona for a while, right? Like you worked for them and then you were riding for them. Yeah. So I started working for them while I was in school and then um, they kind of started sponsoring me to go to some like local enduro races. And then over time developed into like a full sponsorship, like on the team situation, which was really cool. I got to go do a bunch of racing 
um, internationally last year with them. Those are mostly EWS events? Yeah, I did the Whistler EWS. I did one in North Star, and then I got to go to Italy for the Trophy of Nations at the end of the season last year. That's it. Yeah, that looked like a really cool race. But that was a super fun race. Yeah, I would definitely do that one again. And so what else are you doing in Bellingham? Are you are you in school right now, or what are you, what are you doing? I graduated last spring, so I um, did four years at Western Washington, um, and now I'm kind of just working full-time doing the bike race and bike industry stuff. Okay. What did you study in, uh, in school? I did kinesiology and Spanish, and I have goals to eventually go back to school and get a doctorate so I can do physical therapy, um, but hopefully a little ways down the road. What got you interested in kinesiology? Um, I've always kind of been interested in medicine and um, just because the way it relates to athletics. I've always thought it's been kind of cool. I've always been into sports like skiing, biking. So being able to, I always thought PT would be a cool career to have the opportunity to kind of put the two together. So that was kind of my plan going into school was to do the undergrad in kinesiology and then go to graduate school. And then after the biking became almost a career accidentally, um, I had the opportunity to kind of put school on hold for a bit, which has been cool. Yeah. And you get like a deeper understanding of how your own body reacts to training and exercise and totally. Um, it was actually really cool learning about all that stuff while being an athlete, like training for enduro races and, and just doing all that stuff simultaneously. Do you have a coach or like, do you use that to develop your own training plans? I did use some of the stuff I learned in school to develop training plans and get ideas for training. And um, I also work with a local guy, Spencer Paxson, who also uh, rides for Kona. And he, he gave me, he's a personal trainer and he gave me a bunch of training advice and also just advice as far as being a bike athlete and, you know, working in the bike industry, which is really cool. Yeah, it seems like a lot of athletes um, study kinesiology or some sort of athletic field when they're in college. How did you get started at at Kona Bike Shop? Like, did you have experience um, as a mechanic? Or no, I had zero experience in working on bikes or anything. I just uh, started hanging out with those with the guys that worked there. Specifically, one of my good friends, Amanda, was working in the shop at the time, and she. Um, was just like offered to show me around town and uh, ride, like show me the trails and have someone to ride with. And so we started riding together and I eventually started hanging out at the shop quite a bit. And over time they just offered me a job to um, work on the sales floor and then worked kind of sales for like maybe a year or two. And over time just learned a ton about working on bikes and then eventually started wrenching on bikes and became a mechanic. Yeah. Did it take a while to catch on to learning how to wrench or like what, what was the process like learning that? Um, I luckily had some good like coworkers who were good mentors and um, shared a lot of good knowledge, but um, it was definitely, definitely made a lot of mistakes and it was like quite a learning process, Um, but definitely a fun one. What do you think the most difficult thing to work on? Like mountain bike parts is. Oh, the most tricky stuff is suspension because just a lot more complicated doing damper service and working with all the different varieties of suspension can get a little tricky, but I think it's also one of the most fun, fun things to work on. I just started, um, well, I just built up like my own bike, like for the first time, like I'd done like a bunch of random service bits, like servicing my suspension and this and that. And like, Finally put it all to the test and like built my own bike a few months ago. And like, I don't know, derailers and drivetrains have been the trickiest thing for me to figure out. But I'm like, I'm not doing like full suspension services, just like basic, get it up and running, fix it. And, uh, yeah, drivetrains have been, have been the one for me to learn. I feel like that's pretty common for a lot of people that, to, or at least for drivetrains to be tricky. There's just like so many different things that, you can do or could be wrong or that could be an issue. Totally. Yeah. And so you're at transition now. Um, 
are you, uh, so you're writing for them as an athlete. What are you doing? Are you doing anything else with them? Yeah. I also am an employee for them. So I'm working kind of with the marketing team and helping them with media projects and just random marketing stuff. Um, and then kind of just other random things that they need help with like customer service and kind of just, uh, just random things, but, uh, mostly it's marketing and media. Okay. Um, what's that been like? Uh, it's been really, it's been awesome. Um, it's, it's a really cool situation for me. Um, kind of transitioning into being a mountain bike athlete because I, I get, you know, the benefits of being an employee, like I have an office space and I, get to work with the company directly and um, have all those resources and like kind of learn how the company works um, while still having the benefits of being an athlete, like having all the time and freedom to train and ride my bike and, and all the, the perks of, you know, being a professional athlete without the like stress of um, kind of doing it all on my own. I still get to work directly with Lars who um, manages the, the athletes and, I'm also learning a ton about just how a bike company operates and gaining a ton of knowledge and insight on the industry in general, which is, I think is really uh, beneficial. Yeah. It sounds like a lot to, a lot to take in and a lot to handle. For sure. Uh, it's been, it's their great crew though. So like they've been super supportive and like welcoming and making the whole process as easy as possible. Yeah. And it sounds like a pretty good like support system as far as you like getting into this full-time kind of bike industry position. Yeah. A lot of the crew there, I'm good friends with a lot of the crew at Transition also. So that helps quite a bit. They're all super supportive and, and helpful with anything that I need really. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about Red Bull formation or is it, is it just formation? Is it like a Red Bull backed uh, it, it is a Red Bull back thing, but they didn't call it Red Bull formation last year. I, th- I think it will be Red Bull formation eventually, but last year it wasn't. It was just formation. Okay. Yeah. And so like a lot of people, I think called it like women's rampage, um, like the women's edition of rampage. Is that a fair description or is there more to it? No, I don't, I don't think it's quite the same. Like if they were going to do women's rampage, they would probably just call it rampage like the formation was was the whole idea there was to be more of a like progression style um event so they wanted to provide a space and the resources for women to to kind of get into that scene because rampage is such a unique and and just a super unique event like the the guys that are doing that stuff spend like so much time training and have their tires in the Utah dirt and like are fully immersing themselves in that scene. And like a lot of women haven't really had that opportunity. Even like there's only a few, like, like a lot of the gals that came hadn't even really been to Virgin before and ridden that terrain and seen it in person. So like the whole idea behind formation, I guess was providing that space and um, an opportunity for um, women to go to Utah and spend time there and kind of see what it's like and gain that experience, but then also with other women so they can, we can kind of use each other to, um, progress and do things you might not do without that group setting. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Virgin seems like kind of the pinnacle of, free ride, like that whole area. And like you mentioned, like a lot of people just, um, the guys that are in rampage, they spend a lot of time down there training. Like how important is that to progress as a rider? Is the terrain like, is, I'm sure it's gotta be vastly different riding than like super soft loam in, in Washington. Yeah. It's super different. It's like the style of riding is one thing. Like it's all about brake control and gauging speed and kind of your precision hitting while hitting big features and like being able to visualize yourself doing something and then making it happen. Cause a lot of the, those features are, you know, you're guinea pigging stuff and a lot of it hasn't really been written before. Um, where, and, and then on top of that, so it's like kind of its own unique style of writing 
it's also the super unique terrain. So like you're super exposed, the dirt's not, the dirt's kind of weird and like grips in different ways than you'd expect. And, um, the, so you kind of have to learn both sides of it. And this is at the, at like they call it the old rampage site. Um, we actually, yeah, there's multiple old rampage sites. So we spent time at like the, the, the original site and then it's also like the 2015 site. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been up to like, I guess the, it's like the original one up by BMX tracks and mm-hmm. yeah, and all that. And like, right. It's only gotten bigger, but at the same time, that original site is massive. Like everything on there is like mind boggling. Yeah. So a lot of people go and kind of spend time at that original site to get familiar with it. And then once you feel com- more comfortable there, you can move on to the other sites, which are actually bigger. Like every year they just got bigger and bigger. Yeah. And so how did, how did formation come about? Like Katie Holden, she's also a Bellingham local kind of was her brainchild. Um, she, she was actually wanting to participate in rampage, um, back when she was competing and racing full time. Um, and just never felt like, um, there wasn't like enough opportunities for women to get into it. And she spent a lot of time digging um she actually i think was a digger for maybe two years at at the actual rampage event and i can't remember what years she was there but um it it was just her idea to um try and get more women involved with the scene and then she was able to get support from red bull and a few other um, professional athletes and make it all happen did it go together pretty smoothly? Like it sounds like a lot to plan for it being, it being like the first time. Yeah, totally. It all in the end, everything went about as well as it could have. I would say it, it kind of during throughout the whole process, it was a little bit like uncertain for a variety of reasons. Like it all came together pretty fast, relatively. Like she had the idea for a while, but like was kind of didn't get the green light until a few months prior and had to do a lot of work to make it all come together and um, get a lot of support from, from different sources, which uh, was really cool to have, like to see, to have that support and see that um, a lot of people are stoked on, on that, on, I guess the idea of getting more women involved. So that was really cool. Yeah. I guess like there's a lot of uncertainty just like within that, the sport itself, like, you know, Injury is always a, a thing that could happen or like c- conditions. And um, we had to get, you know, a lot of people came over from acro- like around the world. Like, so it was kind of a, a big operation with a lot of moving parts that it was pretty amazing that they were, she was able to pull it all off so smoothly. And part of uh, the lead up to actual riding, it sounds like there's uh, workshops that you kind of went through before writing or yeah we did we had a lot of um people who came to help and support and gave us give us advice on a variety of different things like rebecca rush and michelle parker a lot of big name athletes came and kind of helped um with the event and like rebecca gave us a lot of advice on from her experience being um, a professional athlete and you know dealing with fear and she's got tons of experience and, and, and tr- tricks for um, tackling different obstacles that she encounters, which are, you know, a different style, but it's relatable. And so that was really cool to hear her um, advice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like a, a veteran. This like, yeah, she's a badass. Yeah, totally. And what kind of workshops are you going through before, actually riding out there? Um, I wouldn't say workshops I, might not be the, the right word, but kind of just more like we kind of just have these discussions and like gathering and just bouncing ideas and, and chatting about, you know, how we feel about different, different things that we're doing. Like just kind of having an open communication and platform for discussing everything was, was nice to just, I guess, connect with each other. And it kind of just added to the whole, the whole event as far as like 
the mental side of everything, like being able to kind of be on the same page with everyone and understand or at least know what everyone else is thinking and, and processing. Like it helps me at least with the, like the mental side of the, of the sport, I guess it's like a huge part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of like you said, like you have the support system there, you're all going through the shared experience and some of the writing is, I don't know, scary, probably <laughs> like, so you like, can you like feed off each other's confidence? Yeah, totally. Um, feeding off confidence and yeah, definitely. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then, like having other pro athletes who aren't like Michelle, for example, it's like, it's, you know, kind of doing the ski, skiing free ride stuff. So she's can, can relate pretty heavily just in a slightly different manner. So like having her there for her advice and guidance was, was really cool. And we're able to like discuss with her what, she, what her thought processes are and um, how she deals with the, the fear and stress and, um, and helps and also how she gathers confidence for things. What's the process on that? Like, like when you're going up and you're, you're scouting lines and you're looking at what you can connect and, and possibly ride down, mm-hmm. how are you building up the confidence to, to actually ride the stuff? Um, for me, the biggest part of it is visualization. So like when you're hiking around and looking at features or like trying to imagine features, it's all kind of, it's like a, a process of visualizing yourself doing, doing the feature or like how you imagine it will work. And if you, for me, if I can like visualize myself doing something, usually it means I can do it. So it's just a, a process of getting myself to be able to visualize it. And then, and that can usually make it happen. And it's, it's kind of, a, it's sometimes it's a longer process. Like you have to, sometimes you can't visualize it until a feature is being built or until it's done. And then you can kind of see yourself doing it, but then you have to um, trust, like when you're building a feature that you want to ride, that you'll be able to get there. So if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause you're not like, you're not going up to a jump that's been there forever and being like, Oh, I could do this. It's like, you're imagining a jump, like, that will be built on some drop. Yeah, totally. So what did you, what did you get from formation after it was all said and done? Uh, first, how'd the writing go? And then what do you feel like you got from the event afterwards? The writing was, was awesome. Um, I was actually, it was a definitely a highlight of the whole year for sure. After we spent like a couple days, like a day scouting and then a couple days building features that we wanted to ride and then kind of putting, a whole line together and and then get, like after putting that much work into the line and making it rideable and like doing the whole visualization process and trying you know getting your confidence up after all that sort of mental and physical effort um it was super rewarding to get to ride all of it and um also getting to ride it and then it worked so well like all the features we'd built were worked great and were scary for sure but um were also very within very much within my ability so that was really cool um to to get to experience that whole process and like was one of the best feelings like getting to ride something that you built and you were scared of but then to have it work work really well did you re-ride some of your lines out there mm-hmm. yeah after the after riding it like i the way i checked each one off was like kind of each move at a, at a time and then once i had ridden each feature I kind of went up to the top and rode the whole line and then was able to ride some of the features in the whole line multiple times like once I've ridden it once I was pretty confident in being able to do it multiple times and it ended up being super fun yeah and it sounds like it was worth it yeah for sure absolutely what do you think would be different about this year's um like assuming it goes down with coronavirus and all that going on um I think hopefully if everything still goes to plan we'd make the event a little bigger and have you know more resources and a more dialed plan to provide space for more women to be involved and i as far as like the format i don't think it would change much because the way that we did it was really cool and that there was no competition or anything it was just a kind of a jam style format like how the fest series stuff is where you 
you're pushing each other to, to ride stuff that you're uncomfortable with or that you, you know, wouldn't necessarily do in a different setting, but there's no pressure to compete or like perform at one specific moment. You kind of just have a lot of time and to, to go through the, the whole process and, and, and push your riding ability um, throughout the whole week, which I feel like is, is more beneficial than like having a set competition because you're kind of collaborating and focusing on the progression work versus just a, an event uh, or a single competition run. Yeah. And so now that everybody's a little bit more familiar with it, like, do you think it'll open up for more women? Was there a, a, a certain amount that they tried to keep the number under? Like this year, Katie chose six because she felt like that was a good number that, that she and she chose people that she could trust to make good riding decisions, like under pressure and who would, I guess, want to do that style of riding. And, and she also, I think chose a lot of some gals that had racing backgrounds because the racing sometimes can be a similar like mental process as far as, you know, visualizing your race run. It's kind of similar in the sense that you have to visualize how you're going to ride your free ride, you know, line or, I think after having the first event, hopefully um, she can have the experience to organize the event to accommodate like maybe a bigger group, like 10 gals instead of just six. Yeah. Just slowly getting a little bit more women involved when, mm -hmm. yeah. when she can. And I think also like trying to get more women to come do the digging because like she let, she let us pick, pick our diggers and a lot of us brought, you know, the guys that we dig with normally at home or whatever. And so I think it would be cool to have, she wants to be able to get more women digging as well, because I think just spending time out there in Utah and like in that terrain is beneficial for being able to ride that style of stuff. Uh, why do you think the free ride scene hasn't had many women in it? Like it's, it's a pretty, or it's been a pretty dude heavy scene for like a long time. That's a good question. I'm not really sure. Um, exactly why it's been, yeah, so dude heavy, I guess. That's, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> my, I guess my theory is like a lot of, it helps, uh, like to be able to see someone that you can relate to, to get excited or get the confidence to do something. Like it's hard as a, for a lot of women to be excited or be motivated to do something they don't see other women doing like that could be part of it. Like just because there previously hasn't been a whole lot of women involved, it, it's kind of just stayed that way. So I guess that's one thing that formation was also trying to do is like, you know, start providing, you know, the younger generation of girls with, you know, people they can look up to and, and see, help them see themselves doing those, these things so that they'll be more motivated and, you'll want to be more involved in free ride. Yeah, totally. Like, how would you describe free ride? Cause it, you've raced enduro. Have you raced downhill? Uh, a little bit. How do you feel about free ride compared to riding or racing enduro or other gravity, like race disciplines? Like what is it about free ride that's attractive? Free rides, um, more attractive because kind of just, it's like inherently requires more creativity and you kind of just use the terrain to ride or you, you look at the terrain and you, you ride what looks the most fun. Like when you're racing, you're competing against other people and you're riding a trail. Um, not necessarily how you'd want to, but how best, how, how to best make yourself go as fast as possible. Or, um, you're trying to perfect this one route. Whereas with free ride, it's, it's kind of up to interpretation. You can kind of just, ride it in a way that suits you or that you think would be the most fun way down the mountain. Um, so like, that's what's the most appealing to me about it. Like coming from a ski background, that's kind of what was appealing about skiing for me as well. It's like, I kind of did both the freestyle and, and racing when I was skiing and, and definitely was way more drawn to the freestyle side of things for that same reason. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a little less, less pressure in a way to kind of enjoy the ride a little bit more overall. Yeah. You can say that for sure. It's also super fun and rewarding to build 
the, the stuff that you're going to ride and like whether you're starting out with like little you know booters in your backyard and you know like I used to build little jumps in my in, in my backyard as a kid and then it's kind of the same same feeling like getting to ride something that you built yourself is really cool yeah but yeah let's move on let's talk about accomplice for a little bit cool, yeah. so yeah tell us a little bit about accomplice new teton gravity uh, feature length mountain bike film and, and what was your what you do for it um so accomplice yeah like you said is tgr's uh newest full-length film that's coming out hopefully next month it was supposed to come out in may but with all the um covid stuff it's been a little bit kind of just I think rolling with the punches, trying to figure out the best plan, but regardless, I'm very excited for it to come out. Um, and I got involved because kind of through formation, actually, I, I hung out with Casey Brown and at formation, and she was recovering from, um, an injury that happened at proving grounds earlier in the year. And, um, so she was supposed to go on this trip to India for this film and she could, couldn't go kind of last minute. She, her shoulder wasn't healed enough to be riding aggressively, you know, across the world and for a bike film. So she um, kind of threw my name out there and to and offered to kind of give me her spot in the film and after meeting, meeting me at formation. And so I was super excited and um, grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, I was. And so I got to go to India for the film with Veronique Sandler, who's another gal that was at formation. She's from, she lives in Wales and we went to, the we went to um northern india kind of at the base of the himalayas there's a region called ladakh and specifically the, the town is called Leh. we flew into um and then we toured kind of around the area and found free ride lines and stuff that we wanted to ride our bikes on and um we had about a two weeks there total to make the the film and it was incredible. It was such a cool experience for tons of reasons, like getting to go ride our, ride our bikes and across the world in like a totally foreign landscape that no one's ever ridden bikes on was incredible. And, um, getting to kind of see all the culture and interact with the locals there was a huge highlight. Um, they were super stoked on, um, on us riding there and like seeing the, the cool thing about riding there is like, there's a little bit of a riding scene. Like there's a few people that ride bikes there and um, one specifically one little crew of guys that have kind of built a little, um, they've built like a little, I guess you'd say pump track kind of in the Hills and they haven't really ever seen like people riding the, the mountains and the scree lines out there. So like they were getting to interact with those guys was so cool. They um, hung out with us quite a bit while we were filming and helped us dig a, a little bit too, which was awesome. And they were super stoked to not only see people riding that terrain, but then also seeing two females go and, and do that it was kind of, I think, special and unique. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I mean, like, how's it feel? Like, as you're going out to, um, like, as a woman and you're shredding these huge lines in front of, you know, I mean, granted, obviously the mountain bike scene is not nearly as developed in India as it is here, but it's got to feel kind of cool. Like riding those lines in front of guys. It was super cool. Um, it was kind of, it was, I was, it, it was a little scary just because the terrain was so unfamiliar. Like no one's like, Utah's one thing where, you know, people have been riding it for 20 plus years and like, it's a really established free ride zone where, and even though it's like huge features and it's scary, like at least, you know, it's been ridden and people ride there and it's, a, it's an established thing. Like, in India, where we were riding, like, no one's ever ridden those lines before. Like, every single line we rode was the first ascent. Like, and the, you know, a lot of it, some of it were big, massive lines, and some of it was, like, smaller stuff. But all of it was, you know, all of it required, you know, fresh, like, fresh eyes and um, the whole visualization process, like, to, to make it happen. Like, because a lot of the stuff wasn't just rideable. We had to you know, clear run, run outs and scratching little, you know, places to, to put your tires to, to change direction. And like, um, you know, it was all kind of just figuring it out as we went, which was part of the, which was also why it was so cool. So how did, uh, it was Jeremy Grant. That's the director, right? 
Did he find the location in India? Yeah, he. I think he found it kind of just by using Google Earth. To he just like found the zone that he thought thought looked cool and could be rideable, and did some research and decided that it would be worth checking it out. And luckily, it, it turned out to be pretty incredible. How many of the crew went over there for that that scene? I think it was it was five of us. Let's see, myself and Vero. Was Jeremy? There six of us. Myself, Vero, Jeremy, Anandi, who was a filmer, Katie Lowe, who works for TGR, and she was also at Formation. She's a photographer, and um, John, he was the also helping with filming and the drone pilot. He he also works for TGR. Cool. And so you get there, and like, are you just going straight out to? this terrain and like digging for a few days to try and put it together. Or what was the process like putting it together? Yeah, we, we flew out there. It, it was pretty intense. Like we flew out there. It's like a full 13 hours time difference. So like it's a full swap. So you're, it was pretty weird. Like being, we like flew there at overnight and we got there in the, it was like eight in the morning or something. And it was kind of crazy to like get on a plane in, in Vancouver and then wake up in across the world, like in India. And then we kind of from then on, it was like full gas. We got to, we like flew to new Delhi and then got another flight up North to lay. Then, um, you know, got all of our, we had tons of camera gear, like so many bags, got all of our stuff loaded. We would like go to the, to our like little homestay that we stayed at. Um, we stayed at like multiple different little homestays while we were up in Northern India. And we we're constantly like, you know, we're like, uh, building bikes and sorting gear and charging cameras and like that whole process. And then once we got everything sorted and I think Vero had some issues even with like traveling her visa it was like got delayed for like a day and then she had to like get a different flight. It was kind of a whole debacle. And then also like navigating the airports in India was was super crazy um and then like the whole process of like once we were kind of established in there we would drive out um we had a guide uh luke who um is actually a ski guide for the area in the winter but um offered to help us like with the biking stuff even though like he never really no one's ever really done that before but he figured he could help us like find at least like navigate the towns and find his own so he helped kind of drive us around to, to different zones and we would drive out like scout areas, like while we're driving along this highway, we kind of would drive along the Indus river and, and look up as we're driving, try and find things that looked rideable. And then we would, if we saw something that we thought looked cool, we would drive in close to it and then, you know, hike into the zone and like check it out. So you're kind of like scouting, driving, scouting. And then if you like, if we liked it, we would be building the features and making the stuff rideable and then riding it and filming it like all in the same day. And then you'd get back to the homestay and then like pass out and repeat that process for like two weeks. So, I mean, it's like, you're kind of looking at Google earth from America and like assuming, okay, like this looks like a good spot to ride, but you don't actually know until you get there. And then it's like- totally. And the, the dirt, and the screen and the like stuff you're riding on is it, it changes the way that like you make changes the way that terrain is rideable. So like you, you just don't know until you're there and you're actually like riding it and feeling it. So, but luckily that a lot of the zones that we went to worked out and like some of it worked out exactly as we expected. And others were like, didn't work at all. Like one of the lines we tried to ride was this big massive line and we're like oh it's gonna be so sick like cleared out a runway spent like a whole day make building this line and it didn't work at all like it was way too steep and like we couldn't could not get any control in the in the run it like the the scree was too hard pack you'd end up just like gaining way too much speed and then kind of wipe out so it was too sketchy and then like other zones we were like didn't have any expectations they ended up being really cool so it was kind of all over the place Jeez, yeah that sounds like an adventure oh for sure yeah it was it was Definitely an adventure. So I went through the cast in like a lot of well-known like feature length mountain bike movies over time. And it's honestly hard to find full length mountain bike films that have women uh, in the cast at all. 
does it seem like it's changing? I hope so. Yeah, I I think hopefully with more women getting into free ride, like we'll be able to see more women and having you know, feature or segments in videos, full length videos. Yeah. Again, it's, it's like kind of going back to where you're talking about women in free ride is like summed up that there's that quote. It's like, you can't be, you can't be what you can't see. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it just seems like it totally applies to having more women in mountain bike films also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like having more women visibly, like having a, you know, a, a huge, a bigger presence in in movies. And I think, yeah, that'll be hopefully a huge or hopefully benefit or give more young gals something to, to see and visualize and imagine themselves doing the same thing. Like, um, kind of relating it to that whole process, like doing free ride, a lot of it's that visualization. So I think being able to see other women doing it will, will be helpful or at least get more young gals stoked on it. Cool. And when did you wrap up uh, shooting for that? Oh, I think that was in November, end of November. Oh, wow. Okay. So like, yeah, I think I got back from formation, was home for a little bit. And then like, I think a week before November, Jeremy called me and asked if I wanted to go. So like, it was, it was pretty crazy. I only found out about leaving for the trip, like a little over a week before we left. Oh, geez. You had your like passport and everything ready though. <laughs> yeah, luckily the passport's good to go and then getting a visa only took like two days, so it was yeah, and then like the next day they had a plane for a plane ticket for me and everything. It was pretty crazy. Dang. And uh like your work was cool with just bouncing out for weeks in, yeah. Yeah. I was working in the bike shop at that time and they were yeah, they were super they were cool with me just kinda taking off last minute and they were super stoked to to um see me have the opportunity i guess and like take advantage of it yeah i'm gonna go be in a movie real quick i'll i'll be right back yeah totally how's coronavirus changed your plans for the year and i know you kind of talked about it a little bit in the beginning but um do you have anything else lined up for the summer it's june right now and like yeah how are things looking for you i've been spending a lot of time in the woods digging. Um, I built, I built a trail and, and I've been helping a lot of friends with their trail projects and just like also refurbishing a lot of old trails around town, which has been pretty cool. Um, and I think, I think trail building helps with riding a lot. Like if you, it helps with that whole process of like, if you can build something and then like going, if you go through that whole process of like seeing the terrain and then, imagining a feature being there and then making the feature building the feature, making it rideable, like, and then riding it, like that whole process is like a huge part of free ride. So I think it's actually been pretty helpful for me. Um, so that's kind of what I've been, been doing with the coronavirus stuff. Like obviously we can't really go to events or we had, we had plans to do some, some EWS racing and spend some time in Europe and go to some of the fest series stuff. Um, which I'm sure we'll hopefully get to do later. Um, but so it, it's definitely changed those plans, but it had like being here in Bellingham has been, it's not, not a bad place to be hanging out. And it's still, I feel like I've still been able to ride a ton and train, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's interesting. You're saying that digging, you know, where I, I, sometimes it just feels like the only way to progress is like to be on the bike, but then you kind of, hear yourself say like digging is actually a good way to progress and to get a feel for how the trail works and how your bike connects with the trail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. That's a good way to learn every corner of a trail too, is to build it yourself. You remember, you know exactly where, where everything is and how everything works. It's, it's pretty cool. Super rewarding. Yeah. Uh, have you ridden the fest series? No, I have not. Um, I was hoping to, so now that I'm teammates with Nico, either go to one of his events or um, also Carson has one in Bend, which isn't too far from me. So we we're hoping to go down there. Um, so definitely, it's still something I want to do. Is that that's uh, Black Sage? Is that one in the fall? Yeah, I think. Oh, I think usually it was supposed to be in the spring. Okay. 
um, this year, and I think they're going to move it to the fall. So it sounds like I'm not sure, I'm not positive. Do you think you might be able to ride in that one? That's the hope. Yeah, I think so. Sweet. Yeah, the films and everything from Fessery is always like they're magical to watch. Yeah, they're insane. It, it's one of my favorite things to watch for sure. It's like I also love the format of it, the way that those guys are just like pushing each other to do the most insane stuff. Yeah. The whole concept, um, like kind of you were talking about is right where you just, it's, it's a session. It's not a competition. Yeah. It seems like a much more comfortable way to progress. Yeah. The, the rampage stuff is super cool. Like obviously they're doing insane stuff, but like it seems, it seems very, it seems really stressful having so much pressure, um, to do your, to do run that insane. Like you only get two, two chances and like, the fest stuff seems really cool because you're, you're doing a lot of crazy stuff, but it's, you get to do it over and over and try different things and kind of working collaborate, like collaborating with the homies versus like competing against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the pressure at rampage, I mean, it's, it's like on NBC, there's so many eyeballs on you. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. From what I read, uh, checking on the Accomplice website was that it will start in July uh, but it's right. Cause usually like you can go, they play them at like movie theaters and stuff, but obviously like having a ton of people inside one big room is not a good idea. So the cool thing is like now they're doing it, it's like a drive-in thing, right. To where like you just drive in with your car to a drive-in theater and you can watch it. Yeah, totally. I think they're trying to, any place that has a drive-in theater that they'll try and get, get it playing there, which is a pretty cool solution. Unfortunately, it'd be, it's kind of a bummer to not have like a big premiere. I think we're, that we're going to have like a, a Ben premiere and then the same time as that, the Black Sage event. Um, but this is a cool solution, I think, with the drive-in theater stuff. Yeah. Thanks for chatting, Hannah. It was super cool to hear from you and hear about Accomplice and all the stuff you're doing in Freeride right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Thank you.